Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. Okay, I am crazy excited about today's episode. We have Jocelyn Bonet back on the show with us. She was on the show way, way, way back on episode four, where we talked about the pelvic floor and why your pelvic floor should not be so embarrassing. Jocelyn is a women's health therapist. She specializes in pelvic floor issues and also low back pain and kind of anything that a mom might be struggling with in the pelvis area. So that first episode, episode number four, we specifically talked mostly about the pelvic floor. So we talked about Kegels, we talked about prolapse, we talked about incontinence, we talked about leaking, we talked about so many things very specific to the pelvic floor. But this time when I brought her back on for this episode, I wanted to get a little bit more broad, not so specific with the pelvic floor. I wanted to talk about things that I know you're probably struggling with too. So SI joint pain, sciatica, piriformis syndrome, um, tight hip flexors, and just general low back pain, and what you can do to just start moving you in the right direction of relieving some of those issues. So my conversation with her is so great. We're going really in depth on a lot of those things, and I have to say, it's a really broad topic. There's so many, and she mentions it, you know, there's... So many things that could be going on if you are struggling with these issues. So let this episode kind of be square one for you just just to recognize that, okay, this is probably what's going on. It's time that I stop and take care of myself and to not think it's selfish and to know that you don't have to just live and cope with these types of issues anymore. You can actually get healing. You just need to start to become an active participant in your healing process. Don't get yourself on the back burner. Don't put yourself on the back burner anymore. You need to step up and say, okay, it's time that I take care of myself. And some of these issues with your pelvis and your low back might be the things that you need help with. Now, before I get to the interview with Jocelyn, I just want to highlight something real quick. Something that as we talked together, I was like, man, you know, a lot of the stretches, a lot of the exercises that she mentioned, I have in my two-week Strong Hips and Core program. It's a free download. And it really highlights, okay, let's get your core better engaged. Let's strengthen your hips. And let's work on your whole midsection in a very functional way, in a way that brings you 
just relief from some of those issues that you might be dealing with. And yes, I would love to push you in the direction of seeking out a physical therapist, but this Strong Hips and Core program might be a great place for you to start. It's just two weeks long and you can even extend it out and do it for four weeks if you want. But you're going to be working on exercises like just basic like transverse abdominus contractions, um, pelvic floor engagement. You're going to be working on bear crawls and squatting properly and learning how to engage your hips properly. And the only piece of equipment you need is a band. And I know I've talked to so many moms that have gone through the Strong Hips and Core program and they're like, man, those exercises, I just feel like I'm put together. (laughs) Once I do those, I'm like, wow, all those things that were asleep, I feel like are finally awake again. And I can feel these muscles engaging as I'm going about my day. And I don't feel quite so vulnerable with these injuries and aches and pains that I feel like I have. So if you are interested in grabbing that free strong hips and core program, definitely check the link in the show details. We'll make sure to have that there for you. And I'd love for you to give it a go. Okay, without further ado, let's get to my interview with Jocelyn. All right, Jocelyn, I am so excited to have you back on the podcast with us. You are the first guest that I've had on the show twice. So this is quite an honor to have you back. Well, thank you for having me again. Yeah, our first time was way back, way, way, way back on episode four, where we talked about the pelvic floor, and we really dove in deep. We talked about all things pelvic floor and why it should not be so embarrassing. Now, your expertise is in pelvic floor health and kind of the pelvis region, and I would just love to know a little bit more about what you do and what it is specifically that you treat on a regular basis. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? I can. Um, As a physical therapist, I am a medical clinician who's trained to assess the musculoskeletal system and how that affects movement, body mechanics, function throughout the day in all areas from head to toe. So with my specialty being pelvic health, I tend to see women across all ages and men, but a lot of women across all ages for their pelvic issues, but also pain issues in all the surrounding areas. Cool. Cool. So I feel like what we're going to be talking about today is, is your, this is your expertise. This is where you spend majority of your day working on these kinds of things. So this is going to be so helpful for to, for us to get your intake or your input on this stuff. I'm excited to hear more. So with the women specifically, because I know it's a mom that's listening and she might be experiencing certain aches and pains. With the women that you you work with, what are a certain set of injuries that you typically see, that you typically work with as a pelvic floor specialist? Well, specifically, I do see people for pelvic pain, so pain with intercourse, bowel movements, sitting, other activities, um, and then urinary and fecal dysfunction. But then the pain issues in the surrounding area can include low back pain, abdominal pain from a diastasis recti, where there's that separation in the abdominal muscles that can happen with um, pregnancy pretty commonly, Um, organ pain from scar tissue if they had C-section or endometriosis, things like that, low back pain, and then even 
even neck and upper back pain from holding babies, childcare activities, things like that. Wow. Yeah. I feel like everything you just mentioned, we, <laughs> we probably have a mom that's listening right now. That's like, yep, yep, yep. Check that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. So I would love to know what led you into this line of work that led you into physical therapy and then just more specifically working with pelvic floor and hips and back. Was there something about it that just kind of drew you into this field? My entire life, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field starting about mid-grade school. So when I was in junior high and early high school, my plan was to be an OBGYN. That's what I wanted to do. I shadowed um, OBs and all sorts of stuff, and I loved it. But then knowing my heart and knowing that I also wanted to be a mom, I wanted a job that was a little bit more flexible and conducive to the kind of mom that I wanted to be. So I looked around in the medical field and found physical therapy. Um, And then once I was in PT school, I found out that there was at the time what was called women's health and now it's called pelvic health, a section of physical therapy. And I thought, well, there you go. I'm supposed to combine combine my love of um, the pregnancy and physical therapy. And that's how I specialized. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because I feel like there's probably a whole segment of the population that doesn't even realize that what you do exists. Oh, <laughs> and there's an especially, enormous section. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, I think in the last couple of years, there's been a little bit more awareness around it. But man, I really feel like there are a lot of women out there that are struggling with their mm-hmm. pelvic floor health, with their low back pain, with pelvic pain in general, with the diastasis recti. And they just have this sense like, I'm supposed to just live with this and cope somehow mm-hmm. when there's solutions out there. Yes. Yeah, so often people hear um, that everybody has these problems. My mom had these problems. My grandma had these problems. So they just assume that that's a natural part of having Uh, babies, but just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal or should be accepted. So there is help for all of those um, typical injuries and issues that people have. People do not need to live with the dysfunction. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And really that's been my hope with this But this whole series that we're doing, kind of highlighting a lot of the the most common injuries and aches and pains that moms deal with on a regular basis, to just put a name to those things and to help a mom that might be experiencing those things to realize like, okay, I can find relief and freedom, ultimately freedom from feeling this way. And to, to arm her with tools to point her in the right direction. And my hope is that this episode is maybe the the catalyst for her feeling healing. Like she really craves. I would love to dive right in to some of these issues. Okay. So I know that before we did, you and I had a fantastic deep dive discussion on the pelvic floor specifically. And we talked about the perineum. We talked about Kegels, how to do a proper Kegel. We talked about prolapse. We talked about a lot of specific things to the pelvic floor, but I want, now that I have you on the podcast again, I kind of want to open things up and broaden things out a little bit more. And take a look at some of the other issues that moms might be dealing with that I know are very, very common. And 
things that I'm thinking of are like SI joint pain, sciatica, maybe piriformis syndrome, and maybe how all three of those things kind of go hand in hand and, and maybe talking about just some common low back pains and just things surrounding the pelvic region. Are, do you feel like these are, are pretty common? Like a lot of women that you see, you do, you do work with these things on a frequent basis. Absolutely. They're very, very common during pregnancy, after pregnancy. Um, yeah. What do you feel like is the one that you see the most? Is it like sciatica? Do you feel Because I feel like sciatica, it, it kind of floats to the top from what I hear. But what do you, with those that you see, what do you feel is the most common thing? Well, sciatica is really a symptom of something else that's going on. Sciatica is generally described as pain in the buttocks area that goes down the back of the leg. Um, but it could be because of many different things. It could be a, a low back issue where there's an instability or a herniation or a disc bulge there. It could be SI dysfunction <clears throat> where there's asymmetry, things aren't moving well, and then it's irritating things. Or it could be piriformis syndrome where the muscle is really tight, compressing the nerve. Okay. Or a combination of all of those things. Okay. So sciatica is is really the nerve, right? It's sciatica, the nerve. Yeah. Yes, Explain exactly what irritation. sciatica is. The sciatic nerve is a big, thick nerve that goes down the back of the leg and innervates some of the muscles in the leg to make it work. So sciatica is just a description, meaning the nerve is angry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a mom is like, yeah, yeah, that I it's angry. I know. <laughs> okay, with sciatica, how how is a mom gonna know that that might be what I'm dealing with here? So you mentioned a couple symptoms already, but what are the ones that that are the most common? Um, the pain, the pain down the back of the leg or pain in the buttocks that's there with mm -hmm. sitting or with activity or with squatting or wakes her up in the middle of the night, um, anything, anything like that could be the, the way that they know that sciatica is happening. Okay. What kind of pain does that feel like? Is it like a dull throbbing pain or more of like a shooting spiky zapping type of pain or both? Or it could be both. It depends on the okay. severity. Yeah. So it yeah. can be kind of a really dull achy pain or it can be a sharp, uh, fire pain if the nerves really, really irritated. So what I'm gathering is that sciatica is, is probably not the, the starting point that there's something else going on that could exactly. be causing the sciatica. So let's back up a little bit. What are some of the things that could be causing the sciatica? I would say the most common thing that I see is sacroiliac dysfunction. Okay. <clears throat> and the sacroiliac joint is the joint between the two sides of the pelvis and the triangular bone at the base of the spine. It's okay. really common for that to get out of alignment with because of ligament laxity or muscle weakness or poor body mechanics. If someone lifts something up from a twisted position, <clears throat> it's really easy for the sacrum to get rotated. And then it irritates that joint and can create the sciatica symptoms. Okay. Really, really common, really quite easy to fix mm. with skilled, with skilled uh, treatment. Yeah. Now with SI, so this is the SI joint, right? So the SI joint 
to pinpoint where exactly that is. Cause I know a lot of moms will say to me like, Oh, my back hurts. I'm like, where exactly? And they'll show me and it's not central. It's not right down mm -hmm. the center. It's off to the side a little bit, right? So it's right at the base of the back, but just over to the side. And it's actually, if they think about it more on their hip, right? Yes. If you go from the top of your, your butt crack and then mm -hmm. go off to the side in a diagonal on both sides above that, like the finger, the finger length diagonal above the top of the crack, that uh -huh. is the SI joint. Okay. So if there's pain or pinching there, um, that's most likely an alignment issue and a weakness issue that's causing those symptoms. Okay. Yeah. It helps to really identify like, okay, this is not necessarily back pain. It's more specifically SI joint pain is what yes. you're, what you're feeling. Yeah. And people will come in and describe it as back pain or they'll describe it as hip pain. And so it's really key to ask someone to point to where they're hurting to help us narrow down um, what they mean by those words. Right. So when come, when someone comes to see you with what you have determined as SI joint pain, what is something that you might have them do first to go about starting to, to deal with it, to help it? Um, well, I would first want to diagnose them by looking at their posture and standing, looking at how things move when they bend forward, when they bend backward, side mm -hmm. to side. I mm -hmm. look at them in sitting to see how things are moving also to really narrow down exactly what the movement dysfunction is and how we best can fix it. And we use in physical therapy, at least what I use in physical therapy as a way to fix it is a technique that uses the muscles to help move the bones. So it's mm -hmm. not, it's not a quick uh, pop like chiropractic does. It's much more gentle um, and, and yet very, very effective at correcting alignment. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And this is, I'm, what's coming to mind is a movement I've seen and have done before where, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but you're on your back and you kind of push one knee away from you while you're pulling the opposite knee towards you, but nothing's actually moving. Yes. And is that what you're thinking of here? Is that what you're describing? Yes. Yeah. So that yeah. is one of the techniques in the, it's called muscle energy technique that, that oh, we cool. do to correct the alignment. So that, that technique in particular addresses more of the ilium, the, the pelvis joints. And then there's other techniques where we do, where we have people lie on their side and do twisty, lifty things with their legs and back that help address the sacrum more specifically. Mm -hmm. But that that's what we figure out in the assessment, exactly how best to correct their dysfunction. Yeah. So for a mom that can't necessarily go <laughs> see a PT right today, and she's struggling with this, what she's now narrowing down is most likely SI joint pain. What is something that she should be working on and maybe just aware of as she goes about her day that might give her just a little bit of relief in the moment? Um, well, the technique that you just described where you're lying on your back, pushing one leg down, pushing the other leg up, but not really moving. If mm -hmm. someone wants to try that, I call that pelvic wiggles where they do one, do it one way and then switch and do it the other way and do it one way and switch and do it the other way, back and forth, back and forth. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Sometimes that can wiggle the the SI joint enough to kind of get things released and moving a little bit better. Okay. So if it cool. if it feels 
if it feels beneficial, it probably is. And they can try that. But if it's not enough, then they really should seek out um, help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about just general posture suggestions for them Mm -hmm. as they go about their day? What are some things that they might need to pay attention to that could help too? How they are lifting things in particular, groceries, children, toys from the floor. It's really Mm -hmm. easy to just bend to the side and lift something up. And even if it's a light object, that can change the alignment and um, compress at the the joint a little bit. So you always want to face the object that you're going to lift up. And then uh, it's best to bend your knees and squat down and then Mm -hmm. stand back up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really anything where you can be like in full control, get your whole body around it, but be symmetrical too, like not be twisting or leaning or putting more weight on one leg than the other. That's going to be really helpful. Exactly. Yeah. I had SI joint pain one time a few years ago and I always, and I noticed, and it was a good flare up, it bothered me for a couple weeks. Mm. And I noticed too, sitting in the car, Mm -hmm. if I sat a certain way, leaning to one side, that would really bother it. Or if I crossed my legs, that would really bother it. What's going on there that, that, that someone might be feeling that symptom? It depends. Um, it depends on what is twisted or stuck. Okay. So that, um, that information that each person can give us helps us narrow down that specific dysfunction. So mm-hmm. say for you, if you crossed your right leg up and over and that hurt, that means that that joint isn't moving the way it's supposed to in that motion. And then that that needs a little bit more assistance. So in your situation where that was bothering you, essentially just don't, don't do it. If it hurts to lean to one side and cross the leg, don't keep doing that. You're just going to exacerbate and inflame that joint more and create sometimes a little bit more muscle spasm and then more nerve irritation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of our our first initial reaction is to almost like push into the pain and see if we can like stretch it out and get it to go away (laughs) rather than like guard and make sure that we're not doing anything that makes it hurt. So, yeah. Yeah. So with that kind of a pain, we definitely don't want to be aggravating it because that's soft tissue and the ligament there. And we want to make sure that we're not flaring it up or making it more inflamed than it already is. Yes. As a general rule of thumb, that's, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of covers like the SI joint pain. Um, now what about like piriformis syndrome? You mentioned that a little bit, what exactly is piriformis syndrome and how is that different than sciatica or how do they go hand in hand? I'd love to know more about piriformis syndrome. Piriformis syndrome um, is some, is one of the causes of sciatica. So again, sciatica is a description of a symptom versus a, an actual disease process. Whereas piriformis syndrome is the dysfunction or can be one of the dysfunctions causing the, the pain. Okay. Okay. So piriformis syndrome is when the piriformis is very, very spasmed and tight and it's Mm -hmm. compressing on the nerve causing some sciatica symptoms. Okay. So the piriformis is a muscle, right? It's like a deep, it's a pretty small muscle, right? 
it's it's a deep hip rotator yeah that's <clears throat> and then depending on the person's anatomy the sciatic nerve either runs through it or underneath it okay so if it's piriformis syndrome you are able to kind of determine determine okay this is the issue this is the cause of their sciatica um how do you go about helping relieve that piriformis syndrome then um deep soft tissue work. So trigger point work, um, massage, deepen that muscle, stretching, and then trying to figure out why that piriformis is angry in the first place. <clears throat> is it because of other hip weakness, other low back weakness? So that piriformis feels like it has to hyper work in order to stabilize. Um, is it because of the joint capsule that is really tight and that's causing compensation in the way that the hip joint itself is moving and that's causing the muscle to be tight, um, kind of getting to the root of the problem so that we can address it, but also um, doing the stretching and the, and the soft tissue work to relax it in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would it be helpful for a mom to sit on a foam roller or sit on like a, a lacrosse ball or something like that and try to work on it herself? Or is that something that she should probably just leave for you to do? No, that she can definitely start with that at home and see if that gives okay. some relief. And sometimes that's enough. Okay. And if it is great. Um, yeah, but sitting on the foam roller with the ankle crossed over the opposite knee, mm -hmm. and then leaning onto the affected hip to roll it really gets that piriformis well. Mm -hmm. What about that stretch too? That reminds me of the figure four stretch where you've got your ankle crossed over the opposite knee. That's exactly what it is. It's the figure four stretch. That stretch yeah. and pigeon pose are the two best ways, I think, to get the piriformis. I love it. Those are those are some of my two favorite stretches ever. Now, there is a way that you can do those improperly. Can you explain like, OK, you've seen people do a figure four stretch and you're like, no, 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 no. That's not how you do it. What are some ways that people mess that one up? Well, I'm not sure it's really difficult to do it badly you're not going to harm yourself I don't think you just may sure. not be doing it as efficiently right so right. and depending on um which part of their muscle is tight sometimes people feel more of a stretch pulling the knee up toward the opposite shoulder sometimes people feel a better stretch when they push their knee down neither mm -hmm. one is better or worse um I think they're fine um if someone is really uh restricted in through the hip joint, they can kind of compensate through their pelvis and their back mm -hmm. and may not feel the stretch as well as they should or could. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think people need to be afraid of doing the stretch. If it feels good when they're doing it, I think it's fine. Yeah. It's one of those magical stretches. I just kind of feel like there's so many situations where it's like, okay, Let's just do this stretch and see if it helps. It might not, but it might really, really help, but it's not going to hurt you either way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stretch. I love it. And that reminds me, like, it's super helpful for even just general low back pain too. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of moving into a different section, we talked about SI joint pain, which is not technically back pain. It's more of pelvis. It's off to the side. What about when someone's feeling pain right in the center, right at the low back? What's usually going on there? And I know that's kind of opening a gigantic can of worms, 
but what do you feel is usually the cause of that or, or what's going on in that situation? It could be so, so many things. Um, yeah. But almost always when someone has pain in that area, they have an inhibition of the uh, core muscles, the inhibition of the transverse abdominis. Mm-hmm. For some it's, reason. Tell us what that means. What's inhibition? Inhibition is where the muscle is not working as it should. So okay. it's not engaging and supporting before motions happen, <clears throat> which is what the core is supposed to do. The core being made up of the pelvic floor, the deep abdominal muscles like the transverse abdominis, mm-hmm. the um, lumbar stabilizer muscles, and then the diaphragm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All of those muscles should contract spontaneously before emotion starts to help really support support the back as as someone moves mm-hmm. and when that's not happening then the little joints and ligaments in the back uh, get strained and hurt yeah so really the lumbar spine is meant to not move a whole lot and so when it's being asked to move more than it was ever designed to move that's when things have issues. That's when the thing, that's when it falls apart and we feel like, okay, what's going on here? (laughs) The back is not feeling good. So getting that core, your core muscles, all of them, including the pelvic floor, including the diaphragm to all coordinate and be able to engage split second before maybe limb motion. So before you do a squat, before you do a step, before you do a, a lift or a grab or a just picking something up that is super, super important, right? Yes. So those muscles should contract as soon as the thought comes into your head that you're going to gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So what is one way that someone can start practicing that? Maybe they're starting, maybe they feel a little bit of low back pain. It's nothing significant. It's not enough to really go seek out a doctor yet, but they don't want it to get worse. What should they start doing on their own? Um, start working on the transverse abdominis contraction. So that is the muscle that runs, I guess, parallel with the top of your pants. It runs from side to side underneath, underneath your belly button, lower, lower than your belly button. And it's Mm -hmm. your God given back brace. So it should, I like people to think about taking their belly button to their spine to -hmm. engage those muscles, but without tilting the pelvis, without Mm -hmm. rounding the back, without, um, crunching the abdomen down or tightening the abdomen like they're bracing for a punch. It's just a suck in at the belly button. Okay. What's the best position to practice that in on the, on your laying on your back or on your hands and knees on your side? What, what's the best place for them to practice that? I usually start with people on their back to see if they can get it in that position, but if they are unable to identify it, which sometimes people are um, on hands and knees is the best way. Okay. There's something about that position. It's just different than what we normally do. Mm-hmm. That when I ask people to drop their belly and then suck the belly button up toward their spine without moving their back or pelvis, they can almost always engage the transverse abdominis well. Cool. So doing it there to find the muscles first, really focusing in on what you're doing, what it feels like, and then flipping back over onto the back or trying it in sitting and standing is a a much more functional and a good idea. Yeah. 
should someone also in that moment maybe maybe practice a Kegel at the same time? Would that be helpful to kind of get a little bit more core integration once they feel like, okay, they're getting a little bit of activation on the TVA, on the transverse abdominis. Okay, you're starting to feel that, it's going, and then maybe add on with some Kegel work, or is that still too complicated or not helpful? Uh, no, and sometimes that's the first step. Some the okay. pelvic, the Kegel, the pelvic floor muscle contraction, and the transverse abdominis should should go hand in hand. They should co-contract. So sometimes just having a person do a Kegel contraction engages the transverse abdominis. So sometimes cool. that's the first step. Okay. I like that. Because I think honestly, most of the time when we're like, oh, my low back hurts, the last thing we're thinking about is doing a Kegel. <laughs> like, what is that going to do? How would that help? But really what that's doing is it's kind of initiating the deep core activator or the deep core muscles, getting them activated. And then that's ultimately going to come back around and stabilize your low spine, right? Exactly. Yep. It's yeah. a very, very important, important muscle that people have forgotten about for decades. Now with just kind of generalized low back pain, and I know that could be so many different things. One thing I see a lot of people doing when they feel their back hurting right away, and I always say, no, don't do this, is they immediately try to start stretching their low back, right? Like they'll mm -hmm. just twist and round and arch and try to find some sort of relief. And I know, and I'm sure you know, like that's just probably not the most helpful thing. And in fact, it might aggravate it more what would you say, okay, someone is needing that immediate relief. What should they stretch instead of their low back? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I mean, not, not stretching. I would do heat or ice first just yeah. to, calm, to calm everything down. And either one is fine, whichever feels better. You can alternate. Um, that's a good first step. But um, when there's back pain, generally hip flexors get really tight, they spasm to kind of protect. And then the piriformis is the other okay. muscle, the one that we were talking about before. Um, those are two areas that tend to get tight when there's back pain. The okay. transverse abdominis gets inhibited, hip flexors get tight, piriformis gets tight. Okay. So those deep core muscles turn off and your hip flexors are working crazy hard. And then your piriformis, that deep hip muscle is too, super tight too. So if someone were if they wanted to get some good, like just instant relief, or maybe just a little bit working in the right direction, do some ice and heat, whatever gives them some good relief, stretch the hip flexors, do some stretching on the piriformis, maybe that figure four stretch, maybe some foam rolling, and do some like Kegel and transverse abdominis work. So that kind of like threefold. Yes, yeah, and then one other um, gentle motion that would be good is to lie on your back with your knees bent and mm -hmm. take your knees from side to side just in a uh, small controlled motion that's not painful. So that may just be an inch from side to side, but it starts to, that also helps loosen the hip flexors and the guarding that happens in the back a little bit, but okay. in a controlled, safe way. Okay, with knees bent, like knees pointing up towards the ceiling, feet on the floor? Yes, yep. Okay, okay. When someone is feeling that kind of low back pain, is it okay for them to lay flat on their back or should they be bent like that? Uh, they can lay flat if it feels better okay. because different, um, different dysfunctions do better in different positions. So really to listen to the body and, and to avoid staying in one position too long 
But I would say most people feel more comfortable with a little bit of bend in the knees. So either with the knees fully bent, like we were just talking about, or even putting a pillow underneath the knees to Mm -hmm. put the hip flexors on slack a little bit. Should they ever put like a pillow under their low back? When they're lying on their back? Yeah. Um, No, that's probably a little too, a little too arched. Okay. If someone wants to lie on their belly, I'd put a pillow underneath my belly. Okay. Okay. If you're going to be sitting in the couch, definitely put a pillow behind your back because then it keeps you in a neutral spine. So anytime we can just make sure that we're staying in a, in a neutral spine all the time is going to be really important, right? Yes. Yeah. So making, forcing your back to be flat or forcing it to be super arched is probably going to make the situation worse. So trying to keep a little bit of a slight curvature, and I know all of our anatomy is a little bit different. Someone might have a little bit more curvature to their low back just naturally than someone else, but trying to find that neutral point and holding that is probably going to give them a a good base baseline to be working from, right? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like, okay, so all of these pelvic and and low back issues and these pains that us moms feel on a regular basis and maybe don't need to, when you're thinking about all of these things, if you could look at women that that you're working with and say, if you could just do, if you just did this, this would help Mm. so much. (laughs) So many of the issues I work with on a regular basis, like, oh, if I could just have you do this stretch every day or just do this exercise every day. I mean, I know there'd be so many things, but what, what comes to mind when you're like, Oh, if you could all just do this, it would help so much. Oh, um, probably engage the pelvic floor and the low and the transverse abdominis. So suck, suck your belly button in toward your spine, do a Kegel contraction before any motion, before you move from sit to stand, before you bend, before you reach, before you, care for a child and engage that so that everything is stable and then and move in with proper mechanics. So don't, don't bend forward and lift up something really, really heavy, bend your knees a little bit, Mm -hmm. avoid twisting motions with, with weight, those, those sort of things. But probably the most important thing is just to take time, take time for yourself and realize that you are, important and Mm -hmm. and you're not doing yourself or your kids a service by putting putting yourself on the back burner and ignoring your pain for years and years yeah take the time for yourself so that first of all you're being a good example for your children to show them that they're also important they can when they're older take time for themselves um but to realize that you're going to be a better mom a better person if if you realize your value oh that's so good I think we need to just back that up rewind listen to that again (laughs) I think we all need to hear that because it's so true I think as moms we get these aches and we get these pains and we're just like I'll just I'll deal with it later I'm going to put this off and I'm not going to address this right now. I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to go see physical therapy. I don't want to have to have these appointments and go deal with this. I'm just going to maybe guard or do some things that 
mitigate the pain here and there, but never actually addressing it. And we can suffer for years and years. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And the time doesn't magically appear. I mean, you think as your kids get older, you'll have time and exercise will fit back in or I'll have time later. You never have time later. You have to make yourself a priority. Um, and then the time will come because right. you've made it a priority. Yeah. And I think what's helpful for moms to know too, is that you can be healing a certain area on your body at the same time that you're taking care of other things. I think Absolutely. we have this, mm-hmm. yeah, we have this idea like, okay, I have this ache and pain. I'm going to have to stop everything to focus on just this. And I don't want to go backwards with all this other stuff I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to stop working out in other ways or stop focusing on my self-care in other ways because I'm making progress in that sense. <laughs> but I think it's helpful to know like, no, actually you can do both at the same time. If it's done strategically, you can mm-hmm. heal an injury or heal a chronic injury at the same time that you're still taking care of everything else. And you can be strategic about it. So it's not overwhelming. Yes. And yeah, I feel like sometimes we just need to hear that. (laughs) Yes, that's really important. And then the other thing that I see people do is they don't want to address something until they know that they're done having all their kids because they think each subsequent pregnancy, I'm just going to have the same problem again. But I think it's really important to get things addressed once it's a problem, even if you know you're going to have another kid in a year, because then you'll go into that pregnancy in a much better place. And then maybe you won't have the same problems that you had. Um, So to take that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is really good to hear. Yeah, because I know a lot of moms will be like, man, I've got sciatica pain. I've got this SI joint pain that I'm dealing with. I just know that each pregnancy, it's just what I'm going to have to deal with. And Mm -hmm. you just kind of set yourself up for that expectation where it's like, actually, no, you probably don't have to deal with that with your next pregnancy. If you do something now about it and take care of it now, you don't have to put it off. Right. And even if it's happening while you're pregnant, you can get it dealt with in the midst of your pregnancy. Even if you only have two weeks left or six months left, Um, don't, don't wait, address it, address it now. Oh, I love that. I think that's the big message here. The big takeaway, hopefully from this episode and each episode in this series is that moms just get that permission to go take care of yourself, go seek out a physical therapist, get your issue fixed and Mm -hmm. pursue healing. Don't be just like a passive, like sit back and hopefully wait for it to maybe get better or maybe heal but pursue your own healing and become an active participant in that. And it's not selfish. It's, it's good. It's being a good steward of your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And to think of caring for yourself as worship because our bodies are a temple. And so Mm -hmm. when we are taking good care of what God's given us, we are, it's, it's worship. Yes, 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 yes. We all need to hear that. Oh, that's so, so good. Well, Jocelyn, thank you so much for all of your wisdom. This has been awesome. I have a couple of fun questions for you. I try to do this with all of my guests just to get a better sense of, okay, pull you out of the PT office and let's know <laughs> you better as a mom. You're a mom. Tell me about your kiddos. 
I have a 16-year-old son who's a sophomore in high school and a 14-year-old daughter who is in eighth grade. And they're, I know, they're amazing. I can't believe they've gotten so old, but they're strong-willed and independent thinking kids. And I enjoy, I enjoy them. I've really enjoyed the teen years. I was scared to death and they have (laughs) been, they've been fantastic. So I needed to hear that. I have to tell you, my nine and seven year old, like, I'm just like prepping myself like, okay, teenagers, what is this going to be as a teenager? Oh my goodness. But it's so helpful to hear like, Hey, it can be fine. It's good. It's been been fun. I'm glad I didn't jump into the teen years. I'm glad I got to (laughs) learn how to be a parent as my kids grew, but it's really been fun. Oh, I love to hear that. I love it. So when you're not in the PT office, what do you what do you love doing outside of the PT office? My favorite things are reading any sort of book. I read all 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 the time. I like painting a whole lot, both watercolor and acrylic painting, and oh, cool. we love to camp and hike as a family. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So, okay, if the listeners The mom that's listening right now is feeling like, okay, I need more information. (laughs) Everything Jocelyn just mentioned, I need to know more. I need to know more. How can she get in touch with you? Um, I work at a practice, a private practice in Tualatin, Oregon called In Touch Physical Therapy. Um, And our phone number is 503-885-8677. So, Um, If someone wants an appointment, they can call and talk to the front desk, give them their insurance information, all of that, and schedule an appointment if they wanted to talk to me, to call the front office and ask for my private voicemail. They can leave me a little message, a detailed message, and then I can call them back if they've got a question. I'm perfectly fine doing that. So um, That's fantastic. I just love your availability and just your, your heart for wanting to help women on what is often kind of silent aches and pains that I think so many moms just suffer through and just try to live with. And I just appreciate that you have stepped into this field and stepped into working with them in a way that I know just brings them so much relief and so much joy and that they can move on with their life pain-free. It's so awesome. Well, I love what I do. It's a real pleasure. To be able to hear people's stories and to help them with whatever they're dealing with. It really is. It really is a great blessing. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jocelyn, for coming on the show with us today. You have been such a blessing to me and I know to every mom that is listening. And until next time, I'm sure I'll have you back at some point. (laughs) Well, thank you, Megan. And thank you for what you do. All right. Wasn't Jocelyn amazing? I adore her. I adore her heart and how she just has a passion for helping moms and helping them achieve healing and achieve a body that just functions far better. The big thing that I really want you to take away from this episode is that if you're experiencing SI joint pain or sciatica, or piriformis syndrome, or low back pain of some sort, or something is not right, and you've just been dealing with it forever, and you you just keep putting your body on the back burner and saying, I'm going to get to it later, I'm going to go take care of this at another time, I'm not important right now, my kids are the most important thing, I need you 
to just hear that you are important, your body is important, and it's worth taking the time to go fix these things, to get healing. You just need to go do it, okay? So let that be my kind of big sister encouragement to you of, hey, go take care of it, all right? Don't forget to, you know, maybe a great place for you to start is to just begin doing that strong hips and core program I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And like I said, it's entirely free. It's a two-week program of just some super simple exercises that you can do every day or even every other day. They're just going to start working you in the right direction, teaching you how to engage your transverse abdominus muscle, teaching you how to engage your hips properly. And it's just a really great place to start. But certainly seek out some physical therapy as well if you feel like, okay, I am serious about taking care of this issue. I don't want to live like this anymore. Okay, let me encourage you to go do that. All right, thank you once again for joining me on this episode of the Strong Mamas Podcast. I hope you got a lot of wisdom and knowledge and just encouragement from it. And I can't wait to have you back again next week where we're talking to another physical therapist about some other common injuries that you might be dealing with. So stay tuned for next week. And until then, we'll talk to you later. 